And so, last Sunday we met Moses. Uh, Moses' story could be summarized with this phrase, no good deed goes unpunished. Do you agree? Um, you know, if you remember what happened in chapter 2, uh, he tried to intervene when um, his, the a Jew was being bullied, oppressed by the Egyptian. He, you know, it kind of backfired a little bit. He killed the Egyptian. Uh, and then the second day when he tried to intervene, when two, two of the Israelites were fighting, uh, he was challenged, uh, quite rightly so, by the bully. If you go back to that text, uh, the other you know, uh, Hebrew was asking uh, Moses, who made you ruler and judge over us? Uh, I want to say this uh, before I start, that without intending to, this bully is right. Uh, what right did Moses have to intervene at that point in time? Uh, he was neither democratically elected by the Jews, nor was he royally appointed by the Egyptian as the leader. He's kind of really in a no-man's land, isn't it? Yes, he's ethnically a Jew, uh, ethnically a Jew, and yet, you know, of course, he lived in the palace. Most of his life, he kind of demonstrated a life of luxury. He was, he's on the other camp. Uh, and though he was Pharaoh's grandchild, adopted, of course, but he was not actually royalty. And so we finished chapter 2 last week with Moses being rejected by both. But that's a great question the bully is asking, isn't it? Who made rulers and judges over people? Uh, the answer from the Bible is God. We have to say it is God, isn't it? The, the Bible tells us that leadership comes from God, even the bad ones, right? even the ones that we don't agree, even the ones that we, you know, the Trump and the Putin. Uh, if God is sovereignly in control, then we have to say that God is the one who put all of them in power. God is the one who put Pharaoh on the throne. God is the one who appointed all our prime ministers and all the other opposition leaders. These leaders are appointed by God because God is the sovereign creator. God rules over everything and everyone. And because he is the creator, all creation owes God worship and obedience. And leaders worship God through their job, right? Leading and governing God's people according to God's rule. And when they don't, in other words, if they don't rule according to God's word and purpose, then eventually God will judge them. Um, and so the, the answer to the bully's question in Exodus chapter 2, verse 14, you know, who made you ruler? Uh, it, it, from a tangent, we must say that, yeah, God is the one who appoints ruler. And God is about to appoint a very reluctant Moses as the leader of his people. Uh, so we're at the end of chapter 2 and chapter 3, and a long time has passed, right, in between the two chapters. So according to Acts chapter 7, uh, Moses was 40 years old when he confronted and killed the Egyptian. Uh, 40 years then passed after that, when Moses met God in the desert. So 40 plus 40 is 80. Moses is 80 years old uh, when God spoke to him. Now 80 years, not 80 years, 40 years is a long time. 
uh, in that sense. Uh, but the question is about to be answered by God. Who is God going to appoint uh, to be the ruler? Uh, the answer is going to be about answered by the God who speaks, because God does speak. Uh, God is the one who speaks. God is the one who appoints the leaders. And God is the one who is going to go with the leader, resource the leader, and ultimately uh, we have to trust in him. So as we come to this passage, the, the first bit is the bit where God reveals himself as a God who communicates, right? Verse uh, 1 to 6. Uh, look in particularly, look uh, verse 2 to 5. There the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses is going to come in, you know, come, Moses coming closer to check it out. And as he did that, God spoke to him, God called to him from the bush and said, Moses, Moses. Moses replied, and God said, Do not come any closer, closer, take off your sandals, for the place that you are standing is holy ground. So here is a God who is a personal being. Yes, he appoints the leader, but he you know, there is a sense that God does it with knowledge, knowledge of Moses. God communicates. Uh, God calls Moses by name. Uh, in fact, in the Bible, the fact that God speaks is one of the defining characteristics of God that is in contrast to the idols. Right? Prophet Isaiah will say, look, why do you follow idols? They have mouth but do not speak. They cannot tell you what's going to happen in the future. But this God does speak. He is a personal being, and he does. He's going to tell Moses what's going to happen in the future. Uh, and so, you know, here is a God who is transcendent in that sense, right? When we look at the, the picture that is being presented there, it is the angel of the Lord that is there, all right? Uh, God is not physically there in that sense. Um, He's represented, he's mediated by his servant. I think that when God is, if God is there, then, you know, there is a sense that a holy God, uh, Moses would be in trouble if he encountered this holy God. So he's a transcendent God. He, he's different. He's other. He's not like us. Uh, we need to recognize that as we come to this God. But he's not far away, right? He's near. Uh, and so that, that's that tension of trying to capture something of God, uh, not treating him lightly, but at the same time, knowing that he is powerful but near. Uh, I, there's a <clears throat> preacher that I really like. Uh, he used to train me at Moore College. His name is Mike Rater. I don't know if you've heard of his name before. Great preacher. What I like about Mike was uh, his grasp of contemporary culture. He, he, he you know, preached to contemporary audience. There was one time when he was preaching and I was there, and he was telling the young people, uh, he was saying this, uh, pizza is not awesome. Uh, you know, our language reveals something, oh, this is awesome. And he was trying to say pizza is not awesome because God is awesome, right? All fear. Uh, that's the God that is here, uh, transcendent, powerful, absolute, and yet he communicates. He's, he's engaging Moses. He speaks to Moses. Um, God still speaks today. It's not just to Moses, but God still speaks today. Maybe not as spectacular as some of us would like. When I was a bit younger, I used to wish, oh God, if only you make yourself more spectacular, 
people will believe you. I, I, you know, I wanted to. I found it hard to to tell people to believe in Jesus. And I often pray, God, if you make yourself more powerful, more spectacular, maybe people will believe you. Then they know that they will, you will speak to them. Actually, the story of Exodus is going the other way. Right? This, this Exodus is about examples, instances of God revealing Himself spectacularly. And yet the story, in one sense, cut against that the grain that seeing is believing. Uh, so Pharaoh and the Egyptians saw God's power. And yet, you know, we, we come to Pharaoh and we go, Why? Why do you persist in the rebellion, rebellion against God? It doesn't make sense. Uh, what about the Israelites? Right? They, they were delivered by God spectacularly again. You know? And yet it wasn't, didn't take them very long before they turned away from God to worship the golden calf. And so I like to say that for Christians, seeing is not believing. God can, God will, and God has performed signs and wonders. And I've seen God at work miraculously. And yet, those things, in one sense, you know, points to God, but faith comes from hearing, not seeing. Faith comes from hearing and listening to this God who speaks. Right? So we have a personal God who wants a relationship with us. And like all relationship, it needs to be cultivated. Uh, it, it has to be intentional. We have to spend time with God, make, you know, plan to spend time with God. My fear is that we're too busy you know, as a culture, as a society, to be listening to God when He's speaking to us. We're too caught up with our own projects and progress to actually say, stop, listen. Where is God? What is He saying to me? And God says in Psalm 46 verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. Right? God, that statement of God's being. God is speaking, He has spoken, now listen. Uh, when you choose to, to just stop there, uh, every moment is an opportunity to actually get closer to God. It doesn't matter where you are, uh, because where God is, that's the place that's holy. Uh, that's the place where you know God is at work. And so here is this God is speaking to Moses. He's about to appoint a leader, a savior for his people, who is going to take up that leadership role, verse 7 to 12. Um, and God explained to Moses, look, I've seen, I've heard, and I'm about to act. And so verse 9, now the cry of the Israelite has reached me. I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Uh, so this segment of the scripture is from chapter 3 all the way to chapter 4, verse 17. That's the bit where God and Moses have this dialogue, right? This conversation going on. Uh, a quick way to summarize, you know, in a nutshell, what's going on is Moses, uh, God says, go. Moses keeps saying, no, uh, not me. I, I can't do this. What about this? What about that? Right? So the word go is an action, it's an active word. It gets repeated a few times in this segment. Uh, chapter 3, uh, verse 3, verse 10, verse 11, verse 13, verse 16, verse 18, verse 19, 21, chapter 4, verse 12. You get the sense that God is ready to act. Go, Moses, go! Um, there is a time to wait for God, but there is also a time to act. All right? This is the time to act, especially when God has spoken. 
It's different when you act without consulting God. When you don't know what God wants and you're acting, then you're presumptuous. But if God has already spoken His promise, His decree, you know, He's, he's appointed, then Moses should just say yes, right? Moses should step up, be the leader that God has chosen him to be because leaders are chosen by God. Uh, but Moses needs to be convinced, right? We, we look at the background of Moses and we perhaps can understand why. Uh, because, you know, no good deeds come sometimes. He's, he's been burned too many times. And that can explain a little bit about Moses' reluctance, maybe. Uh, his past is getting in the way. And oftentimes that's the case with us too. When God asks us to do something, to step up into a role, sometimes our past can get in the way. I'm not good at that, God. I've never been good. I will never be good. Um, I just want to kind of quickly say, you know, when we look at Moses, I'm not too harsh. I shouldn't, we shouldn't be too harsh with him because, of course, everybody is in a journey. So Moses here is just beginning his journey as a leader. Every leader has his journey. So Exodus chapter 3 and Exodus 33, in my you know, my shorthand way are the bookends of this book, right, Exodus. Because chapter 3, God reveals himself to Moses in the burning bush. 33, at the end of it, Moses is asking God, show me your glory. And God hit him in a cleft and said, you can't see my face, nobody can see my face and live, but you can see my back and I will proclaim my name. 3.33, simple way to remember what happened. But Moses at chapter 3 and Moses at 33 is a very different person at 33. Do you agree? If you know your Bible, you see the development in Moses. But here in chapter 3, you can see that, yeah, Moses is not there yet. Um, God says, go, and Moses says, no. Isn't it good that Jesus is not like that? Right? Jesus is the greater than Moses. Uh, when God told Jesus to go, Jesus came. When God appointed Jesus as our leader, he became our leader. He became the servant leader. Uh, he became our savior. Uh, Jesus still comes to us. Jesus is speaking to us. And yet I find that you know, many today are still saying to Jesus what the bully is saying. You know, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Even though he's God, right, our culture is saying, who made you ruler and judge? Who gives you the right to tell me what I can and can't do with my body? But who, who made that body? If he made it, maybe he has a purpose for it. Wouldn't it be in our interest to find out what his plans are for it? Who are you to tell me what gender I was born with or not? After all, it's your fault. You make me who I am. That's the way that we're thinking now. Who, what, who gives you the right to judge? Again, I'm, I understand that the issues surrounding gender and identity politics are complex. I understand. I just think that in all of this argument, we never factor in God's point of view. Uh, what is not complex is that if God is the creator, then he is the ruler and the judge. If God has appointed Jesus as the leader, then Jesus is the one who decides. Of course, we live in a broken world and our sense of right and wrong and who we are meant to be is corrupted by sin. We have to recognize that we don't have the 
the big picture. We have to trust God, the transcendent God, for this big picture. And so, listen to God when He speaks to you because He is the all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present God always. Right? That's what His name means, I am. Right? Always. There's not a time when God is not God. There will not be a time when He's not God. There isn't a time when He's not all-powerful or all-knowing or all-present. Uh, that that's you know that comes into uh, to bear when we think about God's name. Right? God says to Moses in verse fourteen, "I am who I am." This is after Moses says, "Well, hang on, can you introduce yourself?" I am has sent me to you. Uh, say to the Israelite, you know, the the God of your father, the God your your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right? That's my. That's who I am. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Uh, God is calling Israelites to belong to Him, and it's going to continue. Isn't that a great blessing? Uh, there's a future for a bunch of people who are stacking stones. Uh, as slaves. They, they've never thought of future that way. And now because of God, they have a future. But God is that I am. Um, because God is I am, we are who we are. I, I think that's, that makes sense. We get our identity from this God who created us. God's name reveals His personhood. It, it shows God's absolute power and steadfastness. All right. So, you know, the, the, the word comes from the verb to be. It can mean I am who I am or I will be who I will be. Just four characters. Jews will never pronounce it. Um, but that's God's name. And essentially what it means is there is a sense that God is not like us. If we think about our identity, we derive our identity pretty much from our upbringing, our parents, our education, uh, the sort of things we buy and even the kind of food we eat, right? I'm a Coke person, you're a Pepsi person. Uh, our, identif- our identity is derived, but not God, right? God, God doesn't derive his identity from in, outside of himself. Right? He's not dependent on external factors. He doesn't change. Uh, he, he doesn't, you know, he, he's not temperamental. He doesn't remember to love you today and tomorrow forgets or change his mind about his love of you. Uh, And then, friends, that's for us is good news because God does not change. He does not age, does not get tired. We are not destroyed. We We are, you know, God, we're not destroyed when we sin against God because God remembers that we are finite and we are dust. He remembers that we need Him not the other way around. Right? That's, what this, that's what His name means. God is transcendent. He's outside of our realm, and yet He's come near to us. So let's be thankful that God remembers. Let's be thankful that God is not temperamental. Thank you that your, your, your power is constant, and that we can always count on this God to be faithful. As Paul writes in the New Testament, if this God is for us, who can be against us? And just take that for me. You know, just pause there and take, yeah, just say to myself, if this God is for us, and He is, because we are His people, then that's a very powerful being with us. 
We can have absolute confidence in this God. So that's chapter 3. Uh, chapter 4 then continues this dialogue. Essentially, you, you find uh, Moses not being confident and Moses perhaps making excuses. Uh, so God gave Moses uh, signs. Essentially, these signs are say, I am with you. Right? You, you're unsure. You, you're not sure if you, it be, you don't know what's going to happen. But here's something tangible that you can hold on to. So God gave Moses three signs, the staff that turned into snake uh, and back, the hands that turned leprous and back, um, and turning water uh, into blood. Uh, what, I think what this, how the signs work essentially was for Moses, of course for the Egyptian. But the signs were pointing to the bigger reality that when God promised to be with Moses, he appointed Moses, and he says, I will be with you, then those signs are just there to point to that reality. Um, the story finishes, of course, with uh, Moses being an ordinary person. Right? Again, we see that he is just growing at this point in time, uh, and he says, God, uh, I don't know what to speak. Please send someone else. Uh, you see God being angry with Moses, but God restraining his anger with his compassion. And by providing a speaker for Moses, his brother Aaron. And the interesting way that the, the, the text the, you know, describe it, that his brother is already on the way. Uh, as, and God knows that that's going to be Moses' response. And Aaron is already on the way. Uh, and God's just merciful that way. Um, so let me conclude. I guess again we see a very human Moses. That's okay. God takes our humanity into consideration. He gives us a task but he's going to be with us and he's patient with us. I started this sermon with one question, who made the rulers and judges of this world? Of course, the answer is God. Uh, I want to finish the sermon with another question. Uh, you know, Moses, again, Mo Moses responding to God by saying, I really don't know how to speak. And so God in verse 11 says, who gave human beings their mouths? Who made them? Who makes? Who makes them deaf or mute? Uh, who gives them sight and make them blind? Uh, is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you. Right, I'll be with you. I'll help you speak, and will teach you what to say. Verse twelve. Uh, so that's that pattern, isn't it? When God asks us to do something, He says, "Go," uh, and, but He. he God, God never sends us alone in that sense. God will always be with us and He will teach us. Even as we look at verse 11 and 12, I find it challenging, isn't it? That God would allow bad things to happen. Like you could look at this verse and say, wouldn't it be better if there is no people being deaf or mute or blind? Uh, we, or we could say that's an accident, that's human nature. And yet God claims responsibility for that. It is I. I in my wisdom and transcendent power, you know, because I, I'm all-knowing that I have ordained this person to be deaf or blind. It's challenging. 
Perhaps the text is pointing the other way to say, look, if no matter who you are, what your circumstances are, if if God is with you, if you trust God, then nothing is impossible for God. If God is with you, the blind will see, the deaf will hear, and the mute will speak. And you clearly see the power of the Lord Jesus Christ in there. And even if there is no miracles, you know, trust God. You know, seeing is more than just what the eyes can see. You can see with your heart. You can listen with your heart. You can speak without using words. Jesus says, go, make disciples of all nations. So you see the same pattern, right? In, In the New Testament, go and I will be with you. So make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything. Uh, to listen, in other words, to obey, and I will be with you always. That's the same God that is at work in the Old Testament as well as the New. Same God is still speaking to us. Same God wants to have a relationship with us, and same God is going to commission us. So if God says, go, will you say no? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are finite. We are dust. You are infinite and sovereign uh, and, and powerful. You are the I Am. And we are who we are because of you. Our Father, teach us to speak. Uh, teach us to listen first and then to speak for the sake of your kingdom. Amen.